Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. To the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Fantastic fall weather. I guess you can call it fall weather. Although it feels like summer, make sure you get out to Great Lakes Dragway this weekend. And also, let's not forget our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Of course, if you're looking for a Honda, make sure you get out to 6100 North Green Bay Avenue or Green Bay Road and take a look at what they have in store. Beautiful Hondas, new and used. And, uh, Joining me in the studio, the Pipe Bomb. Hello. Jeff Orlowski. What's happening, Steve? The Pipe Bomb. Uh, I, I was blessed. I was, I was, uh, the sword was, was, was given on each shoulder by Tim Allen saying, I can call you the Pipe Bomb on this show. <laughs> I feel very privileged. Now, for those who wonder, uh, Tim Allen, of course, who does our post game shows, uh, post game shows, he is in the fantasy show on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. He is the purveyor of nicknames at the station here. He named uh, uh, Radio Joe and a few others that escaped me right at this moment. But uh, and uh, we were talking the other day when I was in here on Wednesday evening, and uh, yes, the pipe bomb. I love it. He says, "Yeah, the Polish pipe bomb." Yep, that's I said, me. I love that. That's me. I love uh, it. See, I, I unfortunately in the world of sports, nicknames have kind uh, of of. There's not too many good nicknames anymore. All they do is just put an IE on it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and a lot if of you're them... talking about Scott Dixon, it's 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 Dixie. If you're if you're talking about uh you know, uh Brawny, Ryan Braun of the Brewers, it's it's Brawny. It's you know, and putting an IE on a name isn't isn't a nickname. Yeah, and a lot of them get recycled. You know, it's funny because some of the best nicknames are some of the easiest nicknames. Like I, you know, Johnny Manziel, say what you will about right. him, but Johnny Football was just such oh, a yeah. fantastic nickname. Right. Exactly. And it was so simple, you know, so simple, but it just, it worked. It was great. Yeah, there's a few good ones out there, but yeah, it, it's unfortunately, yeah, the IE is not, on adding an IE to your surname is not a nickname. So no. Jeff Orlowski that doesn't roll off the tongue too well now that works absolutely now we have a full show today there's a lot going on it's crazy not only in the world of racing but also locally around here 
Um, one thing I wanted to mention is uh, if you're in the area today, if you're out in Hartford, the Hartford area, uh, they're doing a reunion uh, type thing, uh, kind of car show uh, at the old Hartford. I always forget what they call it. It's it's if you go, if everybody knows where the machine, uh, not the machine shed, the other one, uh, the mine shaft in Hartford. You go two blocks west, and you take a right, and there's that that beautiful theater building and whatnot. And there's also the south uh, eastern southeastern uh, short track uh, racing museum. And uh, they're having a little event today. If you're in the area, make sure you stop uh, by there. A lot of the, the local drivers and whatnot are going to be there, uh, ex-drivers and whatnot. A lot of cool cars and whatnot. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And then even better, I shouldn't say better, but tomorrow, because I'll be there, <laughs> uh, we are having a Hales Corners reunion, thanks to Pat Heaney and uh, Red Adams. And we're certainly looking forward to that. Uh, it's the we had one uh, a few years ago, and it was a lot of fun. And the the people have been saying, "Yeah, we know on another one, we on another one." And I have the information here on my what is up with this Wi-Fi in this place? Hey, you I, know, am I am I? I mean, it, it's ridiculous here. I have all this stuff ready to go, and then Wi-Fi it says not connected, even though. Well, let's talk about uh, the fact the that you uh, go to the VFW in New Berlin on Beloit Road from, uh, I believe it's going to be like from 10, 10 to 6 tomorrow. Uh, I'll be out there with my wife, Susan. We'll be selling stuff. Ralph Hibber Greenfield Galleries will be selling lots of stuff out there. We'll have a few vendors out there. We'll have race cars from yesteryear and today there. Uh, a lot of the old drivers from uh, back in the day will be out there, and uh, it'll be a real neat celebration. Uh, we scoped out the... Uh, the location earlier this year, uh, the VFW, uh, just west of Calhoun. It's on, and they had some construction around there, but the construction is more towards the east yet. You sh there should be no problem getting in access, and uh, they'll have people out there kind of escorting you, showing you where where you need to park. It's not that it looks like you're gonna be parked. Or you may be parked, you know, like oh, where are they gonna park me? It's not that far. It's it's a really kind of con condensed place but we we're able to fit in a lot of cars and uh, we're have a lot like i said a lot of race cars and and, and uh, from yesteryear and today and a lot of drivers and it should be a fun time and i like to think uh thanks to pat heaney and everybody that helped out uh in that regard it should be a lot of fun so make sure you get out there tomorrow at the vfw in new berlin for that and people that buy your book can have it autographed <laughs> by you Correct. The, the book, uh, videos, you name it, uh, we'll, we'll have it out there. I'll have uh, part of the David Hobbs collection out there. I've been helping to sell for him, and also a fellow, good friend of mine, Bill Vinsky, who passed away, uh, selling uh, some of his stuff. He had a lot of neat uh, short track, dirt track stuff. So a little bit something for everybody. Hey, and everybody that goes out there to see Steve tomorrow, please do me a favor. Think up the hardest IndyCar trivia <laughs> question you could have and stump the Z-Man, please. And then, you know, hit me up or hit the show up on Twitter at TFI1250 uh, on Twitter. Let me know what it is, and I will quiz him again and see if he remembers the correct answer. But please try to stump Zaki on some IndyCar trivia. Yes, yes, please do. I'm always, I'm always game for that. It's always a lot of fun, and um, we got we, and plus, I mean, 
not only so we got this stuff, you know, New Berlin today or New Berlin tomorrow, Hartford uh, today, uh, local locally, but we also have a lot of stuff happening in in world of racing around. Uh, we got NASCAR. Uh, NASCAR, NASCAR is right down the road here at Chicagoland Speedway, and then we have uh, IndyCar out in Sonoma, and we have F1 way out in Singapore. But uh, what's neat about that one, that, that's their night race, and the cars look spectacular under the lights. And we'll talk uh, more about that in the second hour, and we'll have Tony DeZeno also in the second hour live from Sonoma talking uh, IndyCar. But uh, IndyCar in Chicagoland, and of course we had Richmond, and we had a few things happen uh, during the race that uh, <laughs> kind of make your kind of scratch your head, Jeff. Don't doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Strange vehicles uh, parking at uh, the entrance of pit road, causing accidents, and almost caught cost Matt Kens at the playoff spot uh, with the ambulance. You know, it was just you want to talk about wild. It was wild. It was. You know, I I I don't want to talk too much out on and on, on the ambulance people but uh i've i've been there uh and uh of course in my situation a lot of times it was mostly for red flags we did mostly world of outlaw races and that so if a car flips you automatically flip, flip the red and and then they would uh, summon the ambulance otherwise for lesser accidents you didn't go out there unless you were called right and you could kind of tell i mean especially and that was 20 years ago and racing's gotten even more safer now. And, I mean, there's not too many. You can, nowadays, you can pretty tell pretty easily if a guy's going to be a get hurt. If you think, ooh, that's a big hit. Ooh. Well, he gets out. Okay. And usually they know right away pretty much. But the bottom line is the the ambulance guy, those are mostly for conveyance. Mm-hmm. You got your you got your EMTs and paramedics and and doctor on staff. That's going to be in, in one of the first responding vehicles. They have control of the situation. So when they get to the, they're they're going to be triaging, evaluating, and 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 then and then they will make that determination. Now, of course, they have to go to the infield uh, care hospital. And a lot of times, just the ambulance will just do that and give them a ride. But uh, sometimes they'll even take one of the safety vehicles or, or one of the you know NASCAR cars, you know, if it's not too serious. But uh, from what I understand, he went out there and he was told to stop. Now, he went out there. He was not dispatched from what I heard. And then he was he just the NASCAR officials are like, stop. And they didn't hear him right away. And and then it was the second time, and that's why he was as far as he was, I guess. Yeah, it was it was and, an and, awful look, awful it, look. And for not NASCAR. only that, but also the distance away from. I I always made sure if there's cars in a track, I, I'm, I'm hugging that inside wall as close as I can get, mm-hmm. and and he's a good full ambulance width away from that wall. Oh, I know. And that, if not more, and that, that that's even what made it worse. But then there's. There's a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a miscommunication. What made it worse, though, is the NASCAR officials should have shut the pit lane down. Oh, of course. You know, of course. And that's a situation where, you know, good offici- good officiating. Anybody can officiate a race. Pretty much, if, if you've been around long enough, and, and if oh car hits the wall, yellow flag. Mm-hmm. Car, this this happens, this happens, 
But it's when this stuff happens, that kind of separates the wheat from the chaff. And yet in a very unusual situation, and you have to make a determination really, really fast. You know, as they say, when the mm, is hitting the fan, you, you have to make a judgment and you got to make it quick. And unfortunately, they did not make that judgment fast enough. Well, yeah, that's true. And then not How? only was that an awful look, but then uh, the the following day or, or a day after Kevin Harvick comes out and starts complaining because ambulance, the EMS drivers were getting lost on the way to the in-care, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the care center. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, not only do they park right outside, right at the entrance of pit right. lane and cause chaos at the Richmond race. Now there's guys that don't even know where they're going when they're and trying to take drivers uh, to, to the care center. Yeah, part of the reason why is, is, is NASCAR loves to fence in the garage area, and there's a lot of dead ends. If you ever go to an infield to a NASCAR race, it's gotten worse over the years, and there's a lot of dead ends. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a maze. But, however, on the, on the flip side, so they made a hard, hard time determination, uh, hard time de- determining if they should close pit lane. However, when a Derek Cope kind of slows down and brushes, boy, they they surely made a quick call in that yellow flag, didn't they? Oh, that came out in a heartbeat. So now the conspiracy, the conspiracist in me says that uh, before the race, uh, uh, one of the officials kind of whispered in Derek, Derek, uh, if you, if you want your uh, if you want your tire bill paid uh, for tonight, uh, why don't you go uh, make it, make yourself a yellow flag, caution flag there about six laps to go if there isn't one. Yeah, you know, it's definitely possible. Uh, you it know, looked it looked very, very, I I mean, it when you have the, as as, as Dennis, as, as, the, as Dennis said, the NASCAR embedded media, when they start wondering about that kind of stuff, you know, you know, it's not a good look. Well, yeah, everybody's coming out saying that they just throw these cautions to have close finishes. They don't want the winner to to have a, a five or eight or ten second victory because it is fairly boring for the fans in attendance and the people on TV. Obviously, you want a uh, photo finish if you can, and they're you know trying to manipulate it. But you start doing it, it, it. it it makes it worse. It's a slippery slope, man. It really is. I mean, look at the Thursday night football game. That yeah. was a god awful football game. But you know what? You're gonna have bad football games. Yeah. And the only thing that really saved them is that it was week two, and we're not real tired. We're not tired of football yet. But if that happens, like in week thirteen or something, week fourteen, and both those guys are out of the playoff hunt and that, and everybody. I mean, those TVs are even clicking off quicker. But that sport. That happens. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, not every game's not going to be one nothing with a walk off homer right. in the bottom of the ninth. Exactly. You know, so it does happen, and you know, you wish that NASCAR would finally learn their lesson on some of this stuff, and it just seems like they can't get out of their own way. And for those who who may not have or know what's going on with the playoff leaderboard, we'll just run this down real quick, and then we'll do a follow up here. After birth, after the break that's coming up, but no surprise, uh, Martin Truex uh, goes into playoffs with the playoff lead uh, in first, and it's basically you can kind of separate. There's there's three groups, so you got Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, and Kyle Busch. Those are your top three. Yep, that's your A. That's your that's your icing on the cake. Yep. 
and then you got the uh and then you got the the, the cake itself i guess you could say uh yeah brad keselowski not a surprise jimmy johnson not a surprise kevin harvick denny hamlin ricky stenhouse yeah two wins ryan blaney not a surprise chase elliott not a surprise uh however we would have thought he would have locked himself in with a win but he did not uh austin dillon eh, okay that's Kurt a... bush mm, uh matt kenseth gets in without a win if mm-hmm. there's anybody who should get in without a win, it should be Mackenzie. Absolutely. Especially, Absolutely. And we didn't even mention that he's the one that lost the most out of that ambulance deal because he ran into Clint Boyer's car, and he was probably the most dominant car. Would you not agree? Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh, and probably had the best chance of winning it. But I, I tell you what, at the end of the race, though, those, uh, you know, Truex and uh, Larson looked pretty good. Oh. So. Well, Brad Keselowski uh, talked about that a little bit. We'll yeah. get into later. And uh, Casey Kane and Jamie McMurray. Yeah. You know, he has had such a consistent season that it's not a surprise. Like, he's not, you know, finishing top five every week, but he's top eight, top nine. He gets in almost every year, it seems like. Yeah. Steady Eddie. Yeah. You know, Jamie McMurray, he's always there. You can't count him out. You know, do. Do you realistically expect him to get out of round one or two of the playoffs? No. no. But, uh, you know, congratulations to him. That's that's a hell of an achievement for him and his team. But one of the Talking Head shows made an interesting point here uh, about Ricky Stenhouse. If you're, one of, if you're in this group, you want Ricky Stenhouse to be out in the first round. Before Talladega. Exactly. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because well, if you win, I mean – he geek. It, it's one of these play. It's one of these. If I can get past these three races, oh, there's my best race. Right. Then I can make some hay. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Absolutely. There's a lot, lot more to talk about. Let's go take a break. And when we come back, we'll talk more NASCAR and uh, maybe even a little Brewers when we come back. Listening to the Final Inspection Show, 105.7 FM, The Fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. Final practice going on at Chicagoland Speedway for the house.com 300. And uh, the fastest driver that we had in final practice was Eric Jones. And he also was the uh, fastest when it came to uh, 10 lap grouping, which is kind of 10 lap consecutive, which kind of gives a better, better uh, look at who's running well. It was Eric Jones, William Byron, Austin Dillon, Colt Custer. And Brennan Poole. Kyle Larson's running. He's one of the cup drivers in there, along with Ryan Blaney. The good news, though, are you excited, Are you excited, Jeff? No Kyle Busch. Yes. Yes, I am. I will it's actually a, watch it's this a race. a Kyle Busch-free race, so uh, looking forward to that uh, tonight. Yeah. Or later this afternoon. Yeah, I can't the wait. Xfinity race at Chicagoland Speedway. And then, hey, a little heads up about Chicagoland Speedway for tomorrow. If you are thinking about heading down there, do it. 
The Packers don't play until Sunday night football. Yes. So you can get down to Chicago land, watch the race, get home, and be on your couch in time for kickoff. Go see some great racing. Public I, service announcement over. I totally agree. You can it, it, it is actually can be done. Now, if you live up in Manitowoc or something, you're kind of pushing it. But yeah. even 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 so, uh, it it it's not bad. I mean, getting out of Chicagoland Speedway is not that bad. They do a pretty good job. Yeah, because you got a lot of people. Oh, well, you got some people are going still going south. You got a lot of people that go west, and uh, some people are going east towards Hammond and whatnot, and you know the north. Uh, northwest indiana area and then you got your so i mean there's really it's kind of like a almost like an upside down star pattern on how you can leave i know in the past i usually would try and go west a little bit and then head up yeah they did the uh 355 extension where they ran it all the way to uh to 80 and so instead if you're you know looking for the tri-state uh if you want a little inside tip hop on the 355 north and take that all the way to 90 and then move over to 294 you'll be you'll make a lot better time now talking about the playoffs and uh, uh we should have the jamora drop there playoffs playoffs um joy logano finished second uh in that race last week kyle uh. larson won joy logano second that and then we had the situation with denny hamlin and martin truex <laughs> what was that the i mean i looked at that thing four or five times and, and you look like it looks like he takes him out it's kind of like but i i must give credit to hamlin it doesn't i mean if you i don't know it's hard to describe isn't it i mean it yeah was, it's almost like okay everybody's turning in but hamlin goes oh hey if i don't turn in i'm gonna turn this guy you know i'm gonna turn this joker around and that's what he did yeah. That was a hard hit, too, he took. It was a hard hit. And, uh, you know, I give Hamlin credit. He immediately apologized to Truex. They both said it's water under the bridge. But, uh, yeah, it didn't look like the most friendly of maneuver. No. But, you know, like like we talked about last week with the whole truck race thing and Austin Sindrick, uh, you know, it, it's racing. Yeah. And Joey Logano finishing second does not get into the playoffs. And what did I say last week? He's going to dread that, that Matt Kenseth. He, he, I mean, that Matt Kenseth move at Kansas could haunt him the rest of his NASCAR career. Good. I, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> you know, I'm no Logano fan. No, I know. So there's a lot of people I, that aren't. You know, I'm, because I'm totally he, biased. He, I mean, I and, and my and talking to fans, talking to people I know in, in the sport and that, yeah, he's kind of, everybody kind of views him as a punk. Yeah. And, and for him to do that to Kenseth, you know, and and it, like I said, it it ended up it it caused a chain of uh, events for him to lose that championship. That he was in command. He had that thing sewn he, up. Yeah, well, not sewn up, but I mean, close. He just had to not do anything stupid. Well, you know, can't get out of his own way. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You know, he's hard to root for. Like I said, I'm completely biased, but I'm happy that he missed it. Now, one thing I wanted uh, to ask you about, Steve, is you look at the the playoff leaderboard, and Martin Truex, he wins the regular season title, so he gets bonus points Dad, and all did he that. he look excited about that? <laughs> well, you know, he was a little pissed about getting thrown into the wall. But uh, it looks to me, and with 
the the drivers getting playoff points for winning stages. We all know Martin Truex. He won eight thousand and twenty seven stages uh, during the regular season. It looks to me like Truex just marches, you know, walks right into Homestead. He, you can, I think, already pencil him into the final four. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and that was part of the deal, though, because uh, there, there's a lot of complaints in the past that you want the regular season to mean something, right? And it, it, it is akin to, uh, like in the NFL, home field advantage and a week one bye. Yes. It really is. Yeah. And, and and I think that's what he should have. I mean, he was the dominant car. He won the, quote, regular season championship, and they gave him that nice $125 trophy <laughs> for it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it should mean something. And I think he – I think they went into the season and took it seriously, more seriously than anybody else, and I think the results show that. Yeah, it looks like they had a good game plan to it looks like they were the you know one of the few teams that recognized the importance of stage wins from the get-go and they went after those things aggressively but they also didn't hurt their chances to win a race. Right. He's won what three or four times already this season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not only was he able to dominate the stages, he still put himself in great positions at the end of the race. So, you know, Truex, man, him and uh him and his crew chief, they just had a great game plan this season. And yeah, he reaps the benefits. My only thing is I would let I would let the uh the points roll over until round three. Until you get one round before the final, then I would make it where, you know, you guys are you all start from from zero and have at it. But uh that's just me. I, I like chaos. Yeah, and then and then the the drivers that missed out, of course, uh the sixth notable, I guess, would be Clint Boyer, Eric Jones, who I I think was a fifty was fifty fifty that he would get in. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the kid is kid is talented and he's on a good pretty good team. Yes, and I I think um, experience still matters, and that's why Jamie McMurray is in there and not him. Yeah, yeah, I I would agree. Uh, I would agree. Next I, year, I don't think so. I think if it definitely flip-flops but and then you got joey logano who like i said it's just karma uh, yeah it is that, yeah exactly that, yeah and then daniel suarez who i think performed a bit better than people thought yeah he exceeded my expectations on this season and uh i was definitely pr- pleasantly surprised with the performance that he put in week in week out and and, and going back to the richmond with the the, the shenanigans and, and the last caution flag. Mm-hmm. Did you see Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s quote talking mm-hmm. about the 19 cars with Suarez? He goes, well, Tom Jensen wrote. He's a very respected uh, journalist in the NASCAR Media Center. Imagine what would happen if, or imagine if what happened at Richmond happens at Homestead. With the late caution, somebody's leading, that maybe they don't want to win or whoever, you know. And then Jr. tweets, which I hope he, I hope he continues like this. I hope he doesn't become filtered. Last year at Homestead, a questionable late yellow cost the driver the championship. That same driver announced his retirement a few months later. Right. You know, it's a good point. And yes, I, I'm with you. I hope that Dale keeps uh, 
keeps it up. And, you know, everybody, for the most part, all the talking heads on TV, are they just march, you know, in line with NASCAR. NASCAR does no mm-hmm. wrong. Nobody complains about anything that happens. I hope Dale Jr. is different. And, you know, kudos to him for, for stepping out uh, semi-consistently against NASCAR on a lot of the statements that he makes. Yeah, of course. And then uh, the other, th- you know, of course, juniors w- did not make it this year. And then Trevor Bain, who I never yeah. really took that seriously. No. no. Well, let's see what Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe have to say. They'll be talking about some uh, latest and happening. They're going to talk about Danica. We didn't talk about Danica because uh, we knew they were going to talk about, but we may bring her up in the second hour here. So they'll let's see what they say about that. And also the, the quote-unquote BS cautions, as Dennis wrote uh, <laughs> on my note to me about the talking points. And then the Smithfield versus Richard Petty. Uh, uh, war of words. War, yeah, I guess. And uh, I'm will. I, and i kind of curious to see what they say about that because I also have not a rebuttal, but some maybe additional information on that. So uh, Nice tease. Listening? Yeah, I know. We've been, you've been listening to the Final Inspection Show. Coming up next after the sports flash will be Dennis Michelson and Laurie Monroe from Race Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, the fan. Dennis Michelson, Laurie Monroe from Race Talk Radio stopping on by to join Steve. That means it's time for us to go in-depth on NASCAR and Lori Monroe, I just don't know what we're going to talk about this week because there's nothing going on in NASCAR. Oh, yeah. It's the most boring, non-story, non-event, nothing. Yeah, you're just so right. I just think we should we should talk about macrame. Macrame would be great. You know I those think plant that's hangers great. everybody used to make because they all had to quit smoking or something? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was Richard Petty's uh, hobby back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> when he when he was having troubles with his stomach acid, that's oh, what calmed God. him down yeah. along with the goodies headache patter. Yeah, not much going on in NASCAR this right. week. Of course, the NASCAR chase. Oops, I got to put a dollar in the uh, NASCAR jar for saying that. The NASCAR playoffs start this week. Are you excited about the playoffs at all? I'm more excited about how much money I'm going to make because I'm not doing this dollar in the jar over the chase slash playoffs. Every time somebody says playoffs, I'm imagining they have to put a dollar in the jar because it should be the chase, as we were trained once to have to say. So that really bothers me. But, you know, I I guess I have a certain level of, I don't know, anticipation I kind of look at each race weekend as somebody's going to go win and hopefully it's going to be a good race. This whole chase format thing to me has always been a bit of a sham. It's like uh, somebody having to vote in, the fans voting in who wants to be their champion uh, almost. I don't know why we didn't have a fan vote to see who all made the chase. They should have had one reserve for a fan vote. It would make that much sense. You know, I guess I'm sort of looking forward to it. Maybe I'm looking forward just to going to more tracks, like different tracks again. Going back to Talladega, stuff like that I'm kind of looking forward to. Yeah, and I I just look at this as I get excited about the races. I just want to see a great race. I don't really care who, who the champion is. No. 
I just want to see a great race. And that's where I think there is such a disconnect between us older fans and the newer fans who have been sort of conned into believing that this chase or playoffs or maybe they'll call it artichokes next month or next year. <laughs> well, Who knows? It, it was not that long ago. Well, of course, pre-chase, pre-playoffs, pre-whatever, that the whole championship thing was sort of a sidebar back when there was a point system as we used to know it. And oh, by the way, when you had a certain amount of points at, uh, you know, towards the end of the year, we, we might have a champion with four races to go. Who knows? But it was one of these deals where you're looking forward to the races. Every race is going to have a winner. And, you know, in a roundabout way, they'd eventually crown somebody a champion at the end, go to Waldorf Astoria, all that stuff. It was all wonderful. Now it's only about the championship. And that, to me, has put way too much emphasis on something. Way too much. One of the other big stories during this week is that finally some folks in the NASCAR media world have said what I usually say almost every week here on the final inspection. They basically came out and said, I agree with Laurie Monroe. We have been talking almost nonstop for the entire season about some of these NASCAR BS cautions. Dave Moody, Bob Pachris coming out very vocally about what happened in the final race of the regular season before the chase started. And the reaction was very interesting because it's like all of a sudden people are woken up to this idea that NASCAR is more interested in putting on a show then this idea of, oh, we're having to do it for safety reasons. I'm, I'm almost surprised that NASCAR hasn't said we have to throw a caution because it's good for the children. That would be about <laughs> as much sense anyway. But were you surprised to see such prominent members of the NASCAR media saying what we've been saying all along? I don't know if the term would be surprised. I think I was more, uh, more happy than anything that they would actually be that vocal because you know they really can't turn a blind eye to this when you are a person in radio or a person in in some level of journalism you're a writer if you didn't see what happened last weekend at richmond as a complete cluster frustration then you're either and I'm going to go back to the Stevie Wonder thing I saw this morning on the news. Apparently, he's saying that if you don't believe in climate change, you're either blind. And this is Stevie Wonder. You're either blind or unintelligent. So I really believe that if you're a person who is a writer, etc., if you can't see what happened last weekend and actually get that across somehow, you really are either not paying attention or you are blind, or maybe you're just unintelligent. I just don't know. But it, it did my heart good to actually see them verbalize, vocalize, and write down what we have seen with our own eyes and felt for a long time. And if they didn't, I think that would just sort of shine a light a lot brighter on them, that they're either in the can with NASCAR or something, or they're just, I, I don't even know what to say, because it's just the truth. It was not, it was not good. It did not do NASCAR any good. What happened? 
the other big story of the week, they're all sort of tied together because the Danica Patrick leaving the 10 car, Eric Almirola leaving the 43 car, it would almost be a shock right now if he doesn't end up in the 10 car with Stuart Haas because of the sponsor issue. Smithfield Foods in a big spat with Richard Petty. Does it do anybody any good when you see this sort of a very public spat of a company that is staying in the sport? It doesn't, but in a way, what else could they do? You know, if nobody wants to see their name disparaged or being called a liar in either direction. So I think Smithfield has a lot of support out there. They've been a big supporter of NASCAR, big supporter of Richard Petty and El Marola. And, you know, either Richard had some bad information or something, I just don't know. But I really think Smithfield, it might not have been worded in in the nicest way, but uh, I I really don't blame them. I really don't blame them for, for giving out a press release as they did. And, you know, I think probably at the end of the day, people sort of just go on about their business, forget about it and just go forward, especially since they're staying in the sport as well. The big question now, with the big rumor that Bubba Wallace is moving over to that 43 car with Richard Petty Motorsports next season, losing a big sponsor, will there even be a 43 car in the field at Daytona? Is this another one of these bad luck stories for Bubba? I hope not. I I, I can't believe that the 43 wouldn't at least get dragged down to Daytona. I really think that we're going to see the 43 at Daytona, even if it's just sponsored by the, the Level Cross Chamber of Commerce or something. There'll be an STP sticker on it, I'm sure. I hope it's not the end. You know, it's. Uh, I think there was one year we didn't see the 43 on the track, and I even remember Kyle Petty mentioning it. He was doing uh, TV at the time, and it, it was. It didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. It's been around forever. So here's hoping. Have we seen the last of Danica Patrick in NASCAR after this season? If that's the case, and she's happy with whatever she's doing, then that's fine by me. I. I hope not. You just got to look around and see what's available. And I just don't know that she would want to go either to Xfinity or the truck series. It was her goal to to not even do anything except go directly to Cup. She wanted to be in Cup. So I just don't see her taking a step back like that. And then you look at the... You look at all the drivers that are stepping away or don't have rides right now. You've got Kenseth. You've got, you've got Casey Kane. I just don't know where you're going to put any of these drivers, uh, let alone Danica Patrick. Well, folks, it is time for us to step out, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be blowing up some NASCAR stills. You're listening to The Final Inspection, 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection, 105.7 FM. The fan, Dennis and Lori, in a Saturday afternoon. You know what that means, folks. It's time for the best sing-along song in Milwaukee every weekend. Everybody. Ah, yes. It is time to get out the explosives. And the real B-52s this week. And blow up somebody's NASCAR still. Laurie Monroe, can you tell the fine folks of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and around the world on the interwebs how this all works? 
Yes, if something has upset you in the week of NASCAR, and this has been a hell of a week to be upset at something, we will blow it up for you. Head over to racetalkradio.com, send us an email from there, or fill out the forum that's there waiting for you, or head over to our, our, our Facebook page, Race Talk Radio, and you can send us a message from there, just like Aldona did. She did uh, last week, and she says that every time they refer to the playoffs, she thinks hockey. Oh, the good old hockey game. Could someone at NASCAR think of another word, another word other than playoffs? And of course, we've been saying the same thing. Um, That's from Aldona. And from me, I I want to just blow up the Danica haters. Uh, Since the whole Danica Patrick announcement about her not coming back to Stuart Haas next year, all over social media, we've seen the scum of society rear its ugly Uh. head. Oh, yeah. And I have either led a very sheltered life or something. I just don't know. But what I can't believe is the anti-female tone on everything. Danica has enough haters that are female for one reason or another. And then you've got the males out there basically saying what she can do next is, you know, learn how to cook. You know, stuff like that. Just stay, stay home barefoot and cook. These are actual things that people are saying out there. One guy was so obnoxious on Facebook. I had to go look at his profile because I'm thinking, how can it, how can an actual human being be this vile? And I go to this guy's page and he's he, first he's berating women publicly, uh, berating basically when you're berating NASCAR or Danica and talking about how you know women this women that you're you're not just berating Danica you're berating all women in your opinion so i thought what kind of person is this go to his facebook page and he's got pictures of his daughter he's so proud of her and you know she he's hugging his daughter and she's like a teenager or something danica is somebody's daughter as well so before you people just start bashing women out there just because you don't like Danica Patrick, just have a look around you. How would you love somebody doing that to your own daughter? So I really got to blow up these Danica slash female haters out there. Oh, that is an excellent, excellent still blowing. It's one thing to be dragging your knuckles occasionally. The women that spew such vile about this lady, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. No, Danica Patrick is not a great race car driver. So what? There are a lot of male race car drivers in NASCAR that have just been hanging on for five or six years in the sport. Nobody rips them. In fact, if it's a woman who doesn't race at all any good, she gets applauded for running in the back of the pack and getting lapped every three laps, especially if her initials are JJC. Anyway, uh, my still blowing is the articles that come out this time right before the chase every season that goes back in NASCAR history and tells us that Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, they would have not won seven championships under this format. In fact, Jimmy Johnson wouldn't have won seven championships. Folks, the rules are defined at the beginning of the season. If you count every race equally, then they race every race equally. If you put more emphasis on the last 10 races, then guys will strategize for those last 10 races. You can't apply 
statistical races from the past under a different rules system and assume they're going to race the same under today's rules. It doesn't work that way. But this week, I think it's really, really easy to determine who deserves to be blown up. It's those Danica haters. Yeah, just uh, throw a match on it. General Mattis, send in the bomb. Ah, the sweet sound of mayhem on a Saturday afternoon. That sounds Beautiful. so good indeed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of knuckle draggers now uh, having shrapnel on their backsides. That's even better. Alrighty, folks, it's time to check out the NASCAR news. Good news for Chicagoland Speedway. Thehouse.com sponsored both the Xfinity and the truck races at Chicagoland this weekend and will be sponsoring the cup race in 2018. Apparently, they're losing the Ninja Turtles. I've never understood the Ninja Turtle connection from the beginning. Why has that been there so long? I don't get it. Yeah, it was like a three-year deal. Was um, it only three years? I swear it was yeah, like it was, 10 years. Maybe it no, just it seems that way. Just a couple of years, maybe three. But um, they did have a tie-in with Nickelodeon. That was the whole thing. Oh, and that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's been the whole promotion. That's right. Also in the NASCAR news, just in time for the chase, Kyle Busch will be inheriting Daniel Suarez, the Mexican's pit crew for the playoff. <laughs> I never understood this switch when I heard it. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's it's odd. Are they trying to up the ante for Suarez then? Like, See, I, why? Why? He's not in the chase. Yeah, I don't get it, and I'm not understanding this. If Kevin Harvick's pit crew had been replaced again, that would have made sense. <laughs> First of all, it's a yearly occurrence. And, and number two, again, his pit crew has been subpar. But Kyle Busch's pit crew, all of the pit crews at JGR – have been really, really good. You know, Denny Hamlin's can't count to five for lug nuts, and I guess Kyle yeah. Busch's can't either. But that's more of a JGR thing with those pit guns than it is uh, Kyle Busch's crew. But, you know, Daniel Suarez, the Mexican, will be doing with a different pit crew <laughs> the rest of the season. Well, also here's... in the news, Chicagoland Speedway and Paws Chicago have teamed up in a very unusual sponsorship to honor Dale Jr.'s final start at the track and also all the good work that he does for pet rescue places. Um, So pretty cool indeed that they're going to have a big fundraiser. All of the money that gets donated, all the stuff that gets donated this weekend for Paws Chicago, which is a great uh, animal shelter in town here, great group of animal shelters, all of that will be donated in Dale Jr.'s name. Yeah, and what a better way than giving somebody a, a clock or a rocking chair. Help the dogs, help the animals. Dale Jr. is a big animal lover, so I don't think you could give him a better send-off than doing something like that. And the last piece of NASCAR news, Hurricane Irma did cause some damage, not at Homestead, Miami, as feared, but at Daytona International Speedway. They suffered moderate damage, more from the outbreak of tornadoes that were associated with Hurricane Irma, but they vow to have everything ready for Speed Weeks 2018. Well, Laurie Monroe, it is the first race of the chase. Who is your pick to get the chase off to a great start? Oh, I'm just uh, throwing my hands in the air, and I'm saying Jimmy Johnson. That is a great pick indeed, and I'm going to pick 
Chase Elliott to get his first win oh, to start okay. the chase. <laughs> not playoff Elliott. <laughs> no, not playoff Elliott. Chase okay. Elliott will win the Very first good. race of the chase. Thanks for tuning in to the final inspection. 105.7 FM, The Fan. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Laurie Monroe from Racetalkradio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Now, from the David Hobbs Honda Studios, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with our friends at David Hobbs Honda in Glendale. And uh, qualifying for the Grand Prix in, uh, where are they this weekend? Singapore. Round 14 in Singapore. Completed this morning. And uh, thankfully, it's not all Mercedes. It's actually Sebastian Vettel on the pole with... uh, uh, teammate uh, Josh Verstappen, uh, second. And then uh, we have uh, Danny Ricardo, Kimi Rakinen, and then uh, the Mercedes in row number three with Hamilton and Botas. And then uh, kind of a surprise with both McLarens making the top 10 in uh, Q3 for qualifying. And what's interesting on that is that they announced today that they're going to be going with Renault next year. So, and then the Honda is actually going to Toro Rosso and the Honda has been making some speed as of late. And a lot of, uh, a lot of fans, uh, of IndyCar and whatnot will kind of remember what happened to, uh, Bobby Rahal a couple of years ago when, uh, he was having all sorts of trouble with the Honda uh, engine, couldn't get into the uh, Indianapolis 500 in, I believe that was 1994, uh, and then quit the Honda program and then... <laughs> The following year, the Honda is kind of like the engine to have. So it'll be kind of inter- interesting to see if that's what happens with the, the Toro Rosso team teaming up with Honda next year with uh, McLaren going to Renault next year. should be interesting to see what happens. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Sonoma, California, of course, is Tony, Z- Tony DeZino. Welcome to the show, Tony. Easy, man, and it's, uh, yeah, silly season Palooza, Honda Palooza, Chevy Palooza, Chevrolet's about to get its manufacturer's championship in IndyCar, and uh, we're about to decide ourselves a champion in here in uh, a little more than 24 hours. Should be interesting. Um, uh, practice, I know practice two I saw, uh, it was uh, Pens- pretty much a Penske sweep again with Ryan Hunter Ray breaking up the party which it's kind of been a, a five-man party with the four Penske cars and Dixon, but Ryan Hunter-Ray uh, snuck in there at fifth. But kind of was surprised with Marco Andretti getting into the top ten and then uh, the usual players, of course, uh, who have been fast uh, recently, uh, such as Alexander Rossi. Yep. Um, it's interesting because Team Penske had a private test here one day last week, so they were just here. It was, it was much cooler. It even rained a little bit, but they had an extra day of data. 
they were smart in terms of when they when they operated. Then there was a full field test here on Thursday, open test. Penske guys led that. And then yesterday, Joseph Newgarden led both sessions. Um, Penske's one through four, as we, we saw. So the big question now is, is Honda going to be able to break it up enough to where it's not all four just between them? And Scott Dixon's, you know, the best their best chance even right. with the andretti guys being as you know relatively good as they are but even if you're two three tenths off that adds up pretty quickly and you, you need to be within you know hundreds of seconds not tenths of seconds to uh to make an impact yeah speaking of silly season let me uh just run down a few things and 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 uh just let me know if you think this is true false or it's a done deal i guess and the big one of course broke uh right after the we uh taped something last week was tony canaan Driving for the 14 of A.J. Foyt. Is that a done deal? Uh, it's close to true. Yep. Okay. I think I, I'm always in I'm always in the wait till the eyes are dotted, see right. cross, and wait till the release hits your inbox. But he, he said this is his last weekend for Ganassi, so it's pretty much a done deal. And this one I really liked because uh, uh, I'm a fan of this driver. We saw this guy dominate a uh, IMSA race up at uh, Road America a couple of years ago, and that's Brendan Hartley then replacing – Canon in the number 10 for Ganassi? Highly likely, if not 100% done. Um, again, we haven't actually seen him in a paddock yet, and he's in Austin this weekend at a sports car race, uh, the FIWEC, but known to be a favorite of Honda. Um, had some success, one with Scott Mayer, and I think that drive helped put him kind of on the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he got the Porsche factory deal as a result of that. Very similar to a Scott Dixon or uh, who am I thinking of? Ryan Briscoe type, where he's an Australian New Zealander. Who's he's a New Zealander actually, not Australian. They always you can't you got to be careful to not get those two cross-eyed. Um, where he'd come in, he'd learn quickly and probably probably get up to speed pretty well. He just have, would have to learn ovals. And then once again, this one just keeps popping up, and that's the Mac. And we talked about this one last week. The Max uh, Max Chilton and Charlie Kimball uh, starting a, a team. And then, but this is kind of the wrinkle that's been added with help from McLaren, Zach Brown. I can't, I don't know on the McLaren aspect, the Carlin thing is, and again, you know, there's really not been much in the way of formal conversation about it. You know, Trevor Carlin is not here this weekend, but he was at the Indy Lights finale at Watkins a few weeks ago. You assume that if there's Max and does Charlie come with, but does it, I mean, you know, wait and see. I mean, Carlin needs to figure out their shop situation. If they're gonna, if they do an IndyCar program, would they run it out of their lights program? Uh, headquarters in Florida. There's a spot that's now open in Indy, which we didn't really know about. Carpenters moving shops at the end of the year. So we'll we'll wait and see on that deal because uh, I think uh, could be could be a fun one if it happens. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm. Uh... Got to give credit for him to be able to put a deal together. But we, we, he's been on the show a couple of times. He's a, we're big fans of him. That's Zach Veach signing not a one-year deal, but actually a three-year deal with Andretti Autosport. Yeah, that's huge. All more to come on that next week. Talk to Zach. Talk to the uh, sponsor group, One Thousand One, and talk to Michael Andretti after they uh, they formalized it. It's actually been in the works for several months, but it was kept decently under wraps. Uh, gives Andretti Autosport four All-American drivers, gets their lineup locked in in mid-September. And uh, for Zach, you know, he's a guy that's uh, perseverance. I think it's a big word for him. He has won some Indy Lights races. He never won a championship. So 
to be a guy that did all three levels of the Monster Road D&D with the same team, mm-hmm. also drove for Brian Bellardi's Wisconsin-based, or he's from Wisconsin, the team's based in, in Indy, uh, won races for them. So he's, you know, he's always been good on the business side, learned a lot about kind of how that part of the puzzle works, and now he's going to have a chance to prove himself. He's got a big step up to make. You know, he's he's not the world's biggest guy, so he's kind of got to make sure his fitness is there and his longevity and his ability. But, uh, he's the Mark Martin of IndyCar, though. He's really, yeah. he's a little muscular guy, that's for sure. He's For, for you know, 130 pounds, yeah. change, you know, he does he does really well for uh, for that for that size. And and I gotta give him credit because I'm not, if I'm not wrong, he he actually had a year off because of sponsorship issues, if I recall. Uh, mix of injuries and, and then sponsorship yeah. issues. Yeah, he had a, he had a wrist injury, and he did only like one or two sports car races. He did some two seater stuff, and he did some some calls for IndyCar Radio where they they kind of threw him a lifeline where because he was still at the track doing two seaters, did pits, did the booth, and he he brought a brought kind of a fresh perspective. So. Um, he's, you know, put two deals together, both a 500 deal, uh, and now this whole season deal, uh, in a short amount of time. So again, you gotta, you can't just have talent. You gotta be able to hustle on the business side to make opportunities happen. And the guys that do that are the guys that, that get chances in the sport and having three years is a, uh, a very rare thing to write about, but it's a very cool opportunity for him. And then, uh, we got the Schmidt Peterson second car. Which, if you did a double-spaced list, you'd probably have about two pages printed out, right? Pretty much. Um, <laughs> Hinch wants to resign, has it yet, but he doesn't really have anywhere else to go. Thing, then, okay, is it like a Santia Rutia type? Is it a Robert Wickens type? Is it Jack Harvey who's in the car this weekend? Is it you know a Clayman DeMello or something? You know, if he's got money, you know, does he go with Ray Hall? Does any of these other random international drivers come in? Some of whom are more experienced in open wheel than others. It's it's a fluid situation, and it's the probably biggest remaining domino left. I would say Gutierrez is another one that could be in there too, but um, we'll see. I mean, he uh, he's been talk, known to be talking to other teams. And then and then you got Kyle Kaiser. Where where might he take his money? Kaiser is in a spot where he has. A primary option with Yunkos, and then he's got to look at, at two or three other possibilities because, you know, does leaving home, leaving the nest really kind of help? Mm-hmm. It's something where, you know, he's really grown and developed in that team, and it would be a natural for both him and the team to step up together, but there's multiple factors that right. determine where he goes. It's not just his call, but it's a combination of where IndyCar thinks he can work where Anderson Promotions thinks he can work where Mazda can think he can work. So um, it worked with Piggott to where he did the Ray Hall car second seat for a handful of races before he went to Carpenter. And last year Jones had the coin seat and then was able to put enough together to fill out the gaps. So that's kind of how that program works for the Indy Lights champ. But Kaiser's been making the rounds this weekend, done a lot of media, and it's been, it's been cool to see. Yeah, that's another one. Uh, Piggott uh, going into the 21 car. Carpenter car full time next year. Yep, uh, deserved opportunity for him. He's uh, he's really smart, really kind of heady. He's done a lot better this year. He's been hamstrung by a lot of things outside his control: brake issues, uh, gearbox issues, what have you, um, pit stop issues. And so, you know, guys, things that could have been top fives were top tens. Things that could have been top tens were DNFs. So um, he needs to learn on ovals. Of course, he's only done selected tests, 
and really only the Indy 500, I think, has been his only oval start. Uh, additionally, he's qualifying could be better, um, but it gives him. I think it gives the team and him a boost of confidence going into this weekend to announce it in advance, uh, as opposed to waiting till after this weekend, which is what they were what they were struggling with, whether when to put the announcement out. And finally, Penske has three or four cars next year. What's up with that, Leo? Three point five. Okay. <laughs> um, so you I might just do the two. You might just do the two uh, May races at Indy. There, there's multiple components to it. I think there's the Chevy needing as many Chevrolet needing as many quality cars as possible, and there's more quality cars with Elio than without him. Uh, Andretti's thing with Honda really kind of avoided a domino effect there that, that that would have happened. So two or three weeks ago, I would have said sports cars for sure, but now I'm not so sure for him on that. So I think the reason that the second sports car hasn't been announced is because they're waiting for this Elio situation to play out. And if he wins the championship this weekend, then uh, it makes it a lot harder to say no. You know, you wonder if it, even if they spin him off to another team like they did with Fittipaldi and Hogan in uh, 95. I don't, I, don't see, I don't see that happening. You're not going to have a guy that's been with Penske for 19 years suddenly at a Harding or a Carlin or a Yunkos or mm -hmm. any potential Chevy team. I, I don't think that's a realistic prospect. The only one that would make even make remote sense would be Carpenter's second seat, but that would be in a part-time component. And that, that doesn't make sense either. So I think it, I think, I think I can confidently say it's, it's fourth car at Penske or bust for him in an Indy car for, for 2018. And what's the latest out of Sonoma this weekend? Um, well, obviously championship deciding qualifying is a huge, huge thing this weekend because you got to start in the top five to have any chance. Full sitter usually wins, you know, Pagano did last year with the championship and double points. You got four realistic prospects, new gardens up by three over Dixon. Uh, and then Elio and Pagano have within striking distance. So well, power is a wild card too because he could still win the championship and if he wins the race and that throws a lot of question marks into into the equation are we gonna see some bumping and banging out there i i just i have a feeling that there's a guy there's a few guys out there that i think they don't really give a darn they're they're just gonna throw their cars out there i'm thinking of Kanan and elio for, for two of them at least yeah it's um it's interesting because you've got uh got a lot of guys that need to make a statement in their last race of the year and pit road always seems to have some one or two issues here of course we had the power and uh Dixon mm -hmm. thing here a few years ago joseph and passion there's always a contact between montoya and power that cost them both the championship so you know for a track kind of maligned for lack of passing there's been some dramatic moments here in, in recent years so uh it's very very possible that you could have another climactic moment happen at uh, at some point on the track Certainly going into the hairpin, I think that's the most most notable place for contact because it's the best passing opportunity. And finally, last question. Tell me you've at least uh, gave yourself enough time to have a good dinner and some good wine while you were out there. I can confirm that, yeah. Actually, Excellent. A place I really like in Nevada that I, that I went to last night. There's another another cool bar I'm going to try to hit up at some point this weekend. So there, there are there are moments to enjoy yourself here. And with it being kind of a lighter weekend with no Maserati to Indy, just the uh, IndyCar and Pro World Challenge Series uh, makes it a little lighter, uh, relatively speaking. All right, one silly season question from uh, from me here, Tony. Uh, now we all saw the uh, the ambulance park at the entrance of Pitt Road at Richmond. 
Uh, I don't know if you saw the school bus that made its way onto the track at Coda uh, while while the green flag was out and cars were running. Uh, there were a couple ladies uh, that ran onto the track at Sonoma yesterday. Two-part question for you. One, what the hell is going on? And two, is it true that the unconfirmed reports uh, that the ladies saw you on the other side of the track and were running to jump into your arms? Uh, sadly, I didn't have the teleporting ability to get to that portion of the track when that happened, but I did request a video on a broadcast <laughs> when, it, when it came down. So um, for, for proof of that, uh, you know, we, we can uh, – that's what the, the internal details of NBCSports.com stories are is, you know, the, the additional notes beyond the stuff on track. So uh, we, we like to make it interesting if it's not, if there's not just on track stuff. So that's why we've had some of the uh, more abnormal uh, on track uh, interferences. We've been talking to Tony Dezina on the great Midwest bank hotline from uh, NBC sports.com. And Tony, what's the latest, anything else uh, we should know about at the website? Just stay tuned for everything throughout the weekend, all the IndyCar stuff, all the Singapore GP stuff, and uh, go from there. NASCAR playoff opener, as we've discussed, I'm sure, as well, at Chicago and too. So, Excellent. Yeah, last triple header weekend of the year. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, safe travels back, buddy. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Tony DeZeno on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, joining us from Sonoma, and make sure you check out his stuff at NBCSports.com on the motorsports side uh of their web website. When we come back, we'll touch on a little bit more on formula one and whatever else we can uh, cobble up on the final inspection show brought to you by legendary great lakes dragway and David Hobbs Honda. the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lake straightway in union, union grove along with our friends at david Obsonda and glendale just a reminder if you're out in uh, the hartford area make sure to get out to the wisconsin short track hall of fame car show and museum today uh lots of cool stuff out there uh old modifieds old sportsman stock cars whatnot and of course drivers and that and the museum is really really cool the the actual short track museum uh South um, Eastern Wisconsin Short Track Museum is pretty cool, and then the museum itself that has a lot, a lot of cars that uh, that have ties to Wisconsin and whatnot. Neat, neat stuff. A lot of, and what I like about it, it's not filled with cars you see every day. There's a lot of oddball stuff in there. Uh, I'm trying to think of something like off the top of my head, but you know, like a like an old Corvair uh, pickup truck or something. You know, I mean, just oddball kind of neat. You go, oh, I remember those when I was a kid. You know, that kind of stuff. And then don't forget tomorrow, Hales Corner Speedway and Reds Racing Reunion featuring the cars and stars of past and present. That's going to be tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's the v, uh, the New Berlin VFW Post 5716, and that's at 17980 West Beloit Road. That's going to be just west of uh, Calhoun Road. Celebrating uh, the Hall of Famer Red Adams. It's going to be his 90th birthday, and uh, Red Adams... Uh, for those, he's been a, a mainstay, uh, not only as a driver, but kind of behind the scenes of the old Pro Star organization. Was actually at the first meeting back in, I believe it was 1948 or 49, 
for the first pro star when they kind of organized uh, local racing back then, which would have been uh, modified and whatnot. It's it just a neat, neat guy, sharp as a tack at 90, and just all around good guy. Uh, we're actually going to have a lots of uh, uh, racing memorabilia show. Uh, some by yours truly will be selling out there. Uh, others include uh, R- Ralph Hibbard. Uh, he'll be out there with Greenfield Gallery. A lot of neat stuff out there. Pat Heaney will be out there with his uh, many, many uh, photo albums and that, uh, with uh, many photos available for sh- for sale. He has also got really cool uh, T-shirts from a lot of the guys of, uh, from yesteryear, um, uh, drivers and whatnot. So make sure you get out there. We're gonna have food, beverage, and music will be out there. So. Uh, looking forward to see you tomorrow at the Hales Corners reunion out at the New Berlin VFW Post. And then uh, if you're really adventurous, make sure you get down to Chicagoland Speedway today for the Xfinity race will be coming up later this afternoon. And then tomorrow, Jeff, of course, Jeff Jeff has a plan. What's your plan for Packer fans tomorrow? Get down to the race at Chicagoland. Enjoy uh, the first race of the playoffs and <laughs> If you boogie uh, out of there after the race, you will be home in time for kickoff of Packers-Falcons. Sounds like a deal. Absolutely. Packers, Packers and, Na- and you, you get to see a NASCAR race in person. You get home, you wa- get to watch a Packer game. That's a perfect it's, day. It's a sports lover's dream. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk uh, more about the NASCAR playoffs. Uh, it's time now for a splash, a splash, a sports Flash or splash with <laughs> the pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski on the fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes dragway make sure to get out there this weekend for the king of the streets king of the cots k-o-t-s king of the streets event this weekend at great lakes dragway and uh make sure you check out all their stuff on their website greatlakesdragway.com check them out on uh, facebook too and uh, the 2017 season passes are available uh, online and tickets, so make sure you check them out. And I also like to thank our friends at David Hobbs Honda. Of course, make sure to check them out at davidhobbshonda.com for all the latest uh, in uh, new and used cars at David Hobbs Honda. And it's playoff time, Jeff Orlowski. Yeah. Starting off with Chicagoland Speedway. Uh, should be interesting to see now, of course, Chicagoland Speedway is a fast, fast track. And I think looking at the playoff board, you know, we, I mentioned, you know, I split off the, uh, uh, the, the playoff leaderboard in the three sections, you know, looking at those top three, I mean, these are your, for, for this weekend, Truex, Larson and Kyle Bush, those are your three guys this weekend, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're all running quick. Kyle Bush, he's pacing happy hour. A surprise, actually, Austin Dillon, second fastest in happy hour today, followed by Brad Keselowski. So, you know, it, it the cream rises to the top, and you know, you're gonna see you're gonna see the playoff drivers all over the top fifteen. Now- Kozlowski's won this race a couple of times. He's he's won that opening race. I don't know. I I just I I'm gonna just. It's too easy of a pick to go at Truex Larson or Bush. I'll go with Kozlowski for today. Okay. Tomorrow I should say for this round. Well, that's a good pick. You know he uh, like you said he's got speed and he's done it there before. So that uh, that's kind of do. He seems like he wins every eh, 10, 15 races. Yeah. He just comes. Kind of comes out of like if this guy could ever put this thing all together consistently, you know. I, I, I mean, uh, I think of the drivers, he, he, I would stick him in. I would definitely stick him in my top eight for a uh, uh, chance to win it all. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I still say it's the top three. Those top three guys, and then uh, everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Johnson for uh, for tomorrow's race. You know, he just uh, a lot of, you know, oh, yeah, Johnson's struggling, 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 and then all of a sudden he just pulls out a win. And he's, done all, that. he's done that in the past. Year after year after year. Just so, when you think he's down. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, oh, is it time to put a fork in Jimmy? And all that talk starts, and then, boom, he wins, you know, two out of three or three out of five races, and uh, – and shuts all the critics up. So I'm going to say he does it again. And then we're going to be picking the rounds, and then we got to take four guys out. After after round one, yeah. Four. No, after round after the three. Well, yeah, after the yeah after yeah. the first round of the yeah, playoffs. first round, yeah. Uh, I'll start. I I not making it out of round one. I'll take the easy one. Give me Casey Kane. Yeah, I, I gr- totally agree with that. And McMurray. Yep. Um, then it gets a little tougher. You know, I, I hate to say it, but Matt Kenseth just, it seems like he lost his chance on, on, uh, last week. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough break for him. You know, if anybody needed and, some good luck, it was him and he yeah. sure as hell didn't get it. And then I think I'll go with, um, you know, I, I, Ryan Newman just, I, he, he is, he plays dirty. Ryan Newman is that guy, if you're in a bar fight, you want him on your side because mm-hmm. he, you know. Remember, there's a Seinfeld there's a Seinfeld episode. You know, who would win between Jerry and George? Everybody goes, George, because he would fight dirty. That's the way I feel with uh, Ryan Newman. I just, so between, uh, I'll go with uh, my bottom four elimination. It'll be McMurray, Kane, Kenseth, and I'll go, I guess Kurt Busch. McMurray, Kane, Kenseth, and Bush. So mm-hmm. you're, you're going to say that Newman advances Newman then? Newman advances. Okay. And Stenhouse. All right. I uh, my my first four eliminated is a lot like uh, a lot like yours. I'm going to go with uh, Kane, McMurray. Uh, I'm no, going to. You know what? No, scratch that. I'm sorry. Sorry to. No, I'm going to go McMurray, Kane, Kenseth, Stenhouse. Okay. Yeah, Stenhouse is definitely in mine. I I, I don't if, have any. If they faith. move Talladega up a race, <laughs> then he would have a shot. Yeah, in, the only difference I have instead of uh, instead of Kenseth, I'm gonna say Newman. 
gets eliminated. So my first four out of the playoffs, Casey Kane, Jamie McMurray, Ryan Newman, and Ricky Stenhouse. Goodbye, Newman. Yeah. See ya. All right, so now uh, so now that those four are gone, who do you have getting eliminated after round two of the playoffs? Then it's – there's always one that always kind of surprises you. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to go with uh, Bush, Dylan, Elliott, and Blaney. Wait, I can't do that. No, I got too many here. <coughs> no, Newman – yeah, Newman, Bush, Dylan, and Blaney. Okay. I all right. I'm gonna say that uh Chase Elliott. I'm gonna go with him. I'm gonna go with Matt Kenseth. Uh Austin Dillon. You know, I can't believe I have him actually making the second round. Uh so I've got him getting taken out. And then in sort of an upset, I'm going to say uh, Denny Hamlin gets eliminated after round I two. Could, yeah, I could do that. He's, he's, he's had an early out a couple times. Yeah, yes, he has. All right, so now uh, round I guess, three. I guess it would be easier. We'll just do our uh, top four then. Okay, yep, yep, top four. And you got to go with Truex, Larson, Bush. <sighs> he's just, hmm. I'll go with Harvick. Oh, all right. Yeah, Harvick's hard to pick. You know, uh, he's got the one win. There were a couple races early in the season that he ha- he had Atlanta won, and uh, he pissed that away with the uh, pit road penalty. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Or did he? Well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, so Harvick for me is the hard one. You know, I'm a Harvick guy, so. It, it kind of tugs on my heartstrings not to pick him. Uh, I'm going to go with a couple of surprises. I got Drew X. I think he just walks, you know, right into Homestead. Uh, Larson, you can't go against him with, with the season that he's had. Give me Ryan Blaney in an upset. I think he's going to uh, open some people's eyes. And uh, for me, I, there's no way I, I can count out Jimmy Johnson. So uh, I'm going to go with Truex, Larson, Blaney, and Jimmy Johnson. I got Kyle Busch as a surprise evictee before the final four. Hey, we forgot to mention last night uh, at Chicagoland Speedway, they had the the truck race, and uh, Johnny Sauter, who was on the show last week. Yep. Kind of. Not really. No, No. we never did get him. Nope. We we, We had him. We didn't have him. We had him. We had him. And we had to change it. And we didn't have him. So, uh, to place blame on, on, on either one, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not placing blame. We tried our best we, and uh, it just didn't work we out were, with solder last we week. We tried it. We were like, can you do this? No, I can't do that. We can do You know, it was just, you know, it was, it was, I guess it wasn't meant to be, uh, yeah. but solder, solder and a pre- I would say kind of basically a dominant win last night. He really, uh, and you know, a place he's won before uh, over Chase Briscoe, Christopher Bell, Christopher Bell, who actually won the ARCA race on Thursday. Yep. It loves Chicagoland Speedway, but I really wish that ARCA race would be on Friday. Yeah, I do too. I uh, do a doubleheader and kind of arrange, somehow arrange a schedule where you can have uh, back, run them back to back because I, I, you're not doing any favors to Arca running them on a Thursday afternoon in Chicago. No, you you're not. You see the pictures of the grandstands in there; they were fairly empty. It is a great thing to have it on Thursday 
for the people that camp for the whole week at the track. Yeah, and, I guess. And that's yeah, great. I'm not a camper guy. I like I like to sleep in a bed. So yeah. you know, I'm a hotel guy. Uh, so I wouldn't you know do the Thursday, Friday, four day uh, extravaganza. You know, I would do you know Friday, Saturday, Sunday trucks, Xfinity, and 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 the big guys. Yeah, Christopher Bell and Ryan Truex was fourth, and Grant Enfinger was fifth. Um, and then uh, making it into they had their playoff grid announced, and uh, number one in that playoff grid for the trucks is Christopher Bell with Johnny Sauter second, uh, John Hunter Nemechek third, Matt Crafton, who only won one race this year, Eldora. Go figure, huh? Yeah, good for him. Got to give him credit, though. I mean, he was, he studied it, he he worked on it, he planned for it, he prepared for it. He won it. So uh, Chase Briscoe and then uh, Austin Cindric made it in, Ben Rhodes and Kaz Grala, of course, who got punted uh, a couple weeks ago that we talked about extensively on the show, uh, who won the first race uh, at Daytona. So it'd be interesting to see. I, I, I it, for me, it's it's going to be between Christopher Bell and Johnny Sauter in that one, and that that they only do the three, I guess three rounds. Yeah, who they do uh, a round of eight, round of six, round of four, but uh, we're just gonna we'll just do the the fi- let's do the final just do the final round. Yeah, who you got winning winning the championship? Uh, Christopher the Bell. Bell. Yeah, and then Sauter, and then I, I, I Crafton, I like, and uh, Briscoe. All right, I'll go. I'll go the same thing. Uh, I'll go Bell, Sauter, Crafton, and uh, I'll take Enfinger. He's not even in it. Or uh, I'm sorry, I, I'm in Cindric. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Don't give me the Enfinger. <laughs> yeah, give me give me Cindric. Hopefully, he runs some fool over. Have somebody else crying. Should be interesting. This is uh, the interesting time of year. If you're a stock car fan, make sure you watch. And like I said, make sure you get on. To- Chicagoland Speedway tomorrow. How's how's that? How's that again? What's your plan? Oh, uh, you take you know you take two ninety four down, and then I go ninety west, and then hit three fifty five, uh, and you take that south, and you sit there and and you rock that all the way to eighty. You're right by the track, and it is quick. Uh, the three fifty five extension that goes you know from Lake Cook Road. A lot of people forget about that. Yeah, that and, thing is awesome. You pay some heavy tolls. Yeah. But uh mm-hmm. but it's worth it because you time make up money, a lot though. of time. Absolutely. Time is money and if you have an iPass, it's the way to go and then uh, you'll even have time to watch the Packer game tomorrow night. Yeah, you go the way I told you, you'll you'll gain four beers in tailgate time. All right, there you go. Uh we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, it's cleanup time on the final inspection show on the fan. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by, of course, Great Lakes Dragaway and David Ob's Honda. Just a reminder before we head out here, uh, Hales Corner Speedway and Reds Racing Reunion. Tomorrow, 10 to 6. New Berlin VFW post 5716, 179th and Beloit. There's some construction out there, but there is access just west of Calhoun. Make sure you get out there. We're looking forward to seeing you out there. And then uh, also like to, uh, oh, actually, we need uh, some predictions here too. We uh, need to do our final prediction for a NASCAR Cup champion, don't we? Yes, we do. 
You've got in your final four, Truex Larson, Kyle Busch, and Kevin Harvick. Uh, let's go. I'm going to go with Truex. All right. My final four, Truex Larson, Blaney, and Jimmy Johnson. I'll go with Kyle Larson. So, you know, we're not going with any big upsets, kind of picking from the top of the heap here. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with all the speed these guys have shown all year long, it'd kind of be foolish not to. Yeah, you know, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if Jimmy goes in and gets number eight. But, uh, but yeah, I, I I got Larson. You have Truex. Should be a good fight. Where are we going? Twenty bucks on this? Twenty five? Sure, we can do that. Uh, and then tomorrow, make sure what I said about the Yells Corners reunion. You can also get access off of uh, National Avenue too, uh, National Avenue uh, or Calhoun Road. It's uh, right in between the two. Uh, South Martin Road is right there, uh, and it's just north of the Rock Freeway. So looking forward uh, to you guys coming out there and saying hi. It should be a good time, and uh, and don't don't forget to look us up on social media. Yeah, you can hit us up on Facebook uh, at The Final Inspection. You know, search TFI Final Inspection Show. You will find us on Facebook, and same thing on Twitter at SFI1250. You search TFI, it'll pop up as well. And also our, our personal Twitters, uh, I'm at, at Steve Zatke, Z-A-U-T-K-E. Jeff underscore Orlowski, O-R-L-O-S-K-I. All right, well, thanks for listening to the Final Inspection Show. We'll talk to you next week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.